Supernature Podcast is here to give everyone a respectable outlet to speak their truth. The experiences and stories depicted can be unsettling and disturbing to some. Listener discretion is advised. If you have a story you want us to share, email supernature at galacticcycle.com. Welcome to our Supernature. I am your host, David Mage. This is a narrative account of a real-life experience had while in a meditative state, called Regression Hypnosis, by Reverend Audra. I'm standing in some kind of desert. There doesn't seem to be anything around but a barren wasteland as far as the eye can see. A sun is shining in the sky, but it doesn't look like our sky. There is no blue in the sky, and I can see the blackness of space. I get the sense that the atmosphere is much different here. I don't know if that means that I'm on a different planet, or if it's a different time on Earth. There is someone here with me. It appears to be a human man. He has brown skin and is wearing ropes around his chest and waist over top of what seems to be a plain shirt and pants. He seems to be looking for something. Oh, I recognize him. It is the being that showed me the pyramid and that we traveled in and explored. This seems to be his original planet. He notices I'm here and I get the name Fran. That's what I can call him if I need to. Fran. He tells me that he is looking for balance. Balancing what, I ask, and he replies back, mineral. He seems to be looking for something specific. I ask what mineral, and he says back, nitrogen. I wonder if this could be Earth, and I hear no. Could it be a planet similar to Earth? Again, no. So it would seem that this is a completely different planet. He tells me to count to six. Oh boy, more numbers. I'm not sure what he means. He also says that he is trying to bring balance. I hear then that he wants to see if they can come back that his people lived on this planet, but something happened, and they can't live here anymore. They are waiting at six. I ask if he can explain what six means. He says to look at Libra. Maybe he means the sky and the location of the constellation of Libra? I wonder how long his people have been away from the planet, and I hear back that I would think forever that it would be considered many lifetimes for us. He remembers being very young and living on the planet, and back then they used to have blue, blue sky and blue water, but it's all gone now. I ask if it was like Earth, and he says again, no, prettier, and no buildings, all natural. I'm reminded of the pyramid that we traveled in last time. Is this the type of technology that they use? Does this help them travel on and off the planet? He says the pyramids capture from spinning. I ask if he can explain that any better, and he says that they become beacons if you can spin in them. He can use it to communicate with his people while he's on the planet, and that he can use that pyramid that we traveled in last time to do this. Actually, that is what he was doing the last time we were with him. So this is the same planet where we met him last time. I didn't understand then, but I realize now that when we met him last time, this is what he was doing there. He was testing the land, and in the pyramid, 
he was able to communicate back to his people. He was sending them results from his tests. I asked what the results were, and he says, not ready. The land isn't ready yet, but there have been improvements, like the cactus. I'm seeing the cactus now, and it's holding water, and that that is very important, as it shows the planet can hold life. Fran and his people need water for life. Their physiology is very similar to us. I notice his clothing again. I ask about the ropes that are wrapped around him, almost like a vest. Does he use them for anything? He says that he likes them. I ask what they are made of, and he tells me trees, that where they live, they can make them, but they are not real trees. I ask if his people are on some type of ship off of the planet. He says it is a bubble. I hear that this is different, though, than the one we visited last time. He seems to be looking at something on the ground. I wonder what he has learned from his tests, and I hear back that he is finding radium on the planet. That something underground caused the levels of radium to increase, and that is toxic to them. Whatever happened on the planet happened unexpectedly, and it wasn't until he started coming back here that he discovered the high level of radium from his testing. I ask how he tests. He bends over and lays his hands on the ground. I see him suddenly in the pyramid now, and he is laying his hands on a ball inside. The ball starts to spin. It radiates red, and he tells me that this transmits the information back to his people to analyze. I ask what happened to cause them to leave the planet, and he says their children were dying. They decided to leave the planet and live inside that bubble until they could discover what was happening. I ask if he could show me the bubble that he lives in. Immediately, I'm gone from the surface of the planet and hovering in space. It looks like a really big soap bubble floating in front of me. There are no actual colors, just swirls. Inside, there are a lot of people. It almost feels like a lush hotel. There are no buildings or structures, just compartments for people to stay in. Inside just looks like oil everywhere. There are people on different levels, but everything looks like it's glass. Some people are talking. Others are eating what looks like some type of an oatmeal substance. There are trees and plants inside, too. One I see kind of looks like a banana tree. They are able to grow things which they can make stuff with, like the rope, out of the leaves and parts of the trees they grow. The trees are mostly used for water, though. I wonder if they need oxygen to breathe, and I hear back sometimes. I'm seeing one of the beings now. They look very human. But I'm seeing that there is something like a pouch underneath and behind their ears. I'm hearing that they can adapt. They sometimes need oxygen, but they can adapt and that these pouches help them to adapt. They can open them up if they need to, and it will filter the air around them. I notice that the color of their skin can be very different, too. I see one being with purple skin. I'm hearing that they can choose. Oh, that's weird. I'm seeing some of them disappear and reappear in different areas inside the bubble. Somehow, they are instantly traveling from one spot to another. I'm hearing that they can do this through sound. Their body creates a different pitch, and they appear where they need to. That this goes the same for their color. One of them turns their skin green to show me that they can alter their appearance through these sound vibrations. 
there is an extremely bright light that suddenly catches my attention from outside the bubble. I look out to see a rocket ship flying by. This doesn't seem to be like anything that these beings use. I realize I'm not in the bubble anymore either. It just looks dark around me, but I see this weird silver ship fly by me with a hole in it. I can look in and I see these terrified faces. They're really hairy. They have human eyes, but dog ears, and they all look scared. They know that the ship is crashing and there's nothing they can do to stop it. I watch the rocket ship crash onto the planet. Fran is shaking his head. I ask what is going on and he says that he is concerned that everyone died on the ship. I ask if he knew them and he says no, they are not like us. I continue back onto the planet and down to the site of the crash. The ship exploded and the pieces are all liquid, like a liquid metal. Oh, it seems like the liquid is seeping into the planet and is getting the energy of these people. They all just melted in. This doesn't make any sense, but everything seems to have turned to liquid. The ship and the beings, and it is all being absorbed into the planet. I hear that the magnetism of the planet pulled them off course and drew them in. As I wonder where these beings and this silver ship came from, I'm suddenly looking at a new planet. I seem to be floating in space, looking down at a gray-colored planet. Like the color of the moon, but much, much bigger. I'm seeing the rocket ship. It's being prepared to launch. There are many of these dog-type humans. This whole planet is these dog beings. I see one. He's tall and looks like a hybrid of a human and a beagle mixed together. Like a beagle's head on a normal human body. They are really friendly. I wonder if they know of humans. And I hear back, no, that everyone looks different. But he has never met a human. I can see these white-colored beehive-looking structures, and I get the impression these are what they live in. I ask him why the ship is leaving. He says they were just going to get a sample and come back. Normal stuff. A sample of what, I ask? A sample from a flare. A sun flare. And they were supposed to come right back with it. It's just something they always do. They test how much energy they are able to get from the flare so that it can be harnessed for them to use. It looks like big chunks of lava that they can bring back. I ask, then what went wrong? This planet showed up. Something threw off their navigation and sucked them in. This planet is not normally there. It's not supposed to be in their dimension. They know about it, but it's not in the right place. It got sucked into a warp because everything died. The planet changed. It changed its vibration and appeared where it's not supposed to be, like it was lost. I ask what caused the planet to change its vibration. They say the stuff that was on it before was keeping it where it was. But everything died, so it moved because it didn't belong there anymore. It needs different things now. It needs life and so it shifted its dimension. I wonder if he is one of the beings that were on the ship when it crashed and I hear back, yes, oh, and that he's mad that he's dead. They are a happy bunch of people and he is super bummed about what happened. He's like, it was just supposed to be a normal day. Somehow, I'm talking to him after the crash because he knows what happened. 
But we are looking back at his time when he was preparing to launch the ship before the crash. It's almost like a very interactive memory. I wonder if what Fran has been trying to do on the planet will help to bring back life. It would seem that his tests will help, but these beings that crashed on it, it would seem like the sacrifice of these dog beings helped the planet. They gave up their energy. I'm back on the desert planet now. The pyramid from last time is back, and it's covered in moss. I can see Fran, too. He seems really excited. I notice that the dry desert ground is also more muddy. He is telling me that life is coming back to the planet, that after the accident, more things started to grow, that they brought water, that what I thought looked like liquid metal was actually water. It just looks different than what I expected. So now he is trying to plant things on the surface and see if he can get them to grow. He's showing me a handful of seedlings that he's putting into the ground. He's waiting to see if they will get bigger, but he is very excited about the moss everywhere. The cactus from before is still there, and it's huge now, and there are more cacti around it. It looks like life is returning to the planet. He's telling me it's time for him to leave his body. This is confusing. He is saying that he is still going to live, but he left his body. He put his bones into the ground so that they could give back to the earth and the desert. He's happy. Apparently he was able to bring everyone back to the planet. But he's just tired now. He is happy with the time he spent as Fran. He gave life. He made life. He was able to bring hope back to his people and they can have a place again. He's looking back and can see them returning to the planet. There are little hedges of growth everywhere. I ask if the energy of the crashed ship caused anything else. He says they were good people and that they brought life back to the planet. He feels bad that they had to give their life, but they already made that deal. He knows they were sad, but it did help everybody. I ask if the planet was able to return to where it was supposed to be. He says, yes, it's all back. It returned to where it was supposed to be. It went from seven to six, and now it's returned back to seven. I wonder if the six before meant dimensions. And I hear yes. Like how we consider we live in the third dimension. They live in the seventh, and they dropped to the sixth. But they are back in the seventh, back where they belong to be and they are the Guardians. Thank you for listening. All of the information on this podcast was narrated and produced with the permission of the respected individual. I want to thank Audra for sharing her story with us today. If you would like to share your story or learn more about regression hypnosis, email us at supernature at galacticcycle.com. And if you like this session, subscribe to stay up to date on all our latest releases. We are available on most podcast platforms, including Podbean, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. If you would like to support Supernature and become a part of our growing community and gain access to episode bonuses, behind-the-scenes content, and more, you can support us at patreon.com forward slash davidmage.